Common sense is not so common. And in an era where global uncertainty is rampant and government is out of control, this is the show making sense of all the madness. Broadcasting live from the Arizona desert, you can't dodge the Hodge. Here's your host, Dave Hodges. Everybody, Dave Hodges here in the guest segment of the Common Sense Show. Thanks for staying with us through the intro. As you know, we're the show still that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. I'm the host. Really glad to be with you. I appreciate you all coming here each and every day. Why? Because without you, there's no resistance. Without you, we have total acquiescence to evil. And uh, here, hopefully, the wellspring of ideas comes forward and can serve some of us to be motivated to go forward and come up with strategies that will let's well put it this way let's put this off till a different time that would be my objective I'm not so sure we're going to be successful in that endeavor but at least we're together and we can share the fellowship of Christ as well which will see us through this ultimately ladies and gentlemen we're going to be joined in just a minute by Richard Sachs and we're going to be talking about the present state of affairs and as you know I've been making the rounds with colleagues and people in the alternative media and asking them for the reaction about what's happened and where things presently are to see if we can't find some kind of consensus and we are and it'll be interesting to see what Richard has to say but before we join Richard we got to pay a couple of bills and you noticed what was it two days ago that President Biden I choke when I say that the selected president of the United States he signed a food vulnerability bill that they say is going to put a huge dent in America's hunger problem where 14 percent of the country are now going to bed hungry according to the data I say nonsense until you fix the food supply chain problem until you fix the economy and you don't have runaway food inflation like we're beginning to see until you open the meat packing plants and you don't have to slaughter millions of cows and thus affecting the availability and price of all kinds of meat until you can do those things you can have a hundred executive orders and it's not going to make any difference it's a fool's gold make you feel good gee Biden's on your side kind of deal and along those lines I'm just going to tell you if you don't have storable food you may live to regret the day and I hope those words don't come true for you I truly don't but you do need storable food if you want to be on the safe side. MPS has a great special. Their food is already low priced with high quality, but they got a four week special in which they're offering it for 20% off. And you're saying, well, I need to accumulate more than four weeks. What do I do, Dave? And I said, well, accumulate four weeks and then four weeks and then four weeks. And every time you get that discount. And this is a way to save a lot of money and also get quality restaurant quality 25-year shelf life go to preparewithdave.com that's preparewithdave.com also again uh, if you got all your money in the bank don't learn the lesson the hard way like my mom's side of the family did when she was a little girl during the depression what you really need to be doing is getting out of the bank only have operating capital and diversify if you get an IRA back it with gold and noble gold can help you do that if you've got too much cash, well, same thing. And I went from advertiser to customer with Noble Gold. Why? Because I saw how many people they helped, and I said, hey, I'd like part of this action, and I'm just as satisfied as all the people told me how great they were. 
Give them a call and you'll find out why. If you have assets to protect, this is where you need to be. 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Well, Richard Sachs has been on before and, and uh, we have shared pleasantries uh, and unpleasantries about what's going on. And I asked Richard to come back and share from his perspective how he sees the present state of affairs and what we really need to be looking out for and some strategies maybe in dealing with uh, the issues we're going to be confronted with, basically how to cope. Richard, welcome to the show. I'm glad you could join us. I'm looking forward to your input, and I'm suspecting we're going to hear a little bit of discussion about Jesus now and then, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we're in, in danger <laughs> of that for sure. I think that's a good thing. So, um, And I'm saying that with a big smile on my face because... Without Jesus right now, I would feel totally 100% defeated and lost, given what's happened. How are you viewing things? Well, I feel like we're in the middle of a pretty intense series of crises all at the same time happening in the world. And it feels to me like time is just racing by at incredible speed. You can't prove that because the clocks are on and the calendars are all moving faster, too, it seems to me. But that's really my experience. And I think that at the bottom line of this whole thing as far as how to cope with it is and and also why it happens and what the opportunities in it are it's all about a consciousness test because if if we allow ourselves to be torn apart by it emotionally we're not going to be more effective we're going to be a lot less effective and we're going to be falling right into the fear program that our rulers have used for many thousands of years to keep people unaware of what their real potential is. And that really is the key, is unlocking what you're capable of doing with the power of Christ behind you. Uh, he makes all things possible. Um, before we go further, just so people kind of understand your perspective, sure. would you mind sharing a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I'll try to keep it kind of brief because we could do many shows on, on that kind of thing for either one of us, I'm sure. But... Um, Basically, my connection with, with God and with Jesus and with a lot of angelic beings and other nice friends that we all actually have, that started for me before I knew anything about any religions or belief systems or before I could read. I was really young, and I felt this presence around me that has never gone away. And I've built on that and explored it a lot, and that's the basis for my experience of being here, really. I, I feel like I have a deep memory of Jesus as a person, and my connection with him is direct like that. So it, it affects everything I do and think and feel, and it's been kind of an evolution of, on my part, how to deal with the three-dimensional world when you don't feel like that's your real home. And it, it's not a belief for me. It's I really don't. I feel like I'm here temporarily, like all of us are for a brief time, and experiencing being in a human body with everything that goes along with that in the large basically mental hospital of the physical world and <laughs> i like that phrase mental hospital. right i mean it literally looks like that to me yeah where not only the patients but the staff are all insane as well and the administration too so it's going to take some creativity on our part to make a positive change while we're here and even though god takes care of everything rather than our ego selves I think God can flow through us and make 
everything possible, like you said. And so since that's true, our work really is to remove the blocks to that happening and, and do a lot more self-evaluation than critique of others. It's like the beam and the speck type thing, you know. And um, I think those things are practical. And while we're here, it's, it's nice to say, well, God is in charge of everything, which is true. But we're not just supposed to lie around and wait till we leave, in my opinion. You know, we have a lot of benefit that we can get to learn how to be here in the midst of impossible situations in, with relaxed focus and being more awake. Not just, you know, by being awake, it's really a critical term. It's not just being able to recite all the bad things and the details of what's happening right now. Being awake and conscious comes down to self-awareness primarily, and then everything else follows, because if we don't have that, we misinterpret everything else. So I think it's a consciousness test, what we're going through now, and I think the reason we fell into it was because we haven't passed that test yet, and we're still grounded in fear, thinking that we have to do everything ourselves, and hating people, you know, dividing everything into good and bad, and the, the whole division uh, paradigm that the rulers are pushing fall into that. And that's not in line with the principle of loving your enemies. And I think really understanding how to put those together and still, you know, be capable of self-defense or defense of others or physical action that's demanding in all kinds of different ways, putting those things together is our primary focus. And that as we grow we can not only have a completely different experience of life here rather than just beliefs that we hope are true, but we can also affect people uh, based on the understanding that comes through quantum physics and things beyond that. We can actually have a massive effect on people at any distance because of what comes through us. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree. We have to, and what comes through us can be the power of Christ to That's embolden what us. About. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, after all, he did turn uh, water into wine, and he could move mountains, and he said, this I do, you can do more. Exactly, which is exactly what we need to do at the moment. I mean, it, yeah. it's the, the message is it's, it's not really miracles in the sense that it's out of the line of the laws of nature. It's right in line, and we're just aware of, a, you know, barely any of what we can really do. Is there a tipping point of how many would have to repent and then, you know, commonly call upon the Lord for help and assistance in what we're dealing that's a, with? That's a really perceptive and great question, and I've looked at that a lot, and I think that the reason that there's no exact number is that the quality of what each person puts into it changes the whole equation. It's just like an athletic team. Some players that's are right. better than others, yeah. That's right. If you have one basketball player that's running up and down the court making all the baskets, the team could still win if everybody else is mediocre, but it, it gives you a better chance if the general level of more people comes up, and, and I think we have an incredible opportunity for that right now. Yeah, I totally agree with you. We do have the opportunity, but whether or not we'll see it. There is there is something going on, though, in the world of physics. Maybe it's quantum physics, mm -hmm. and you alluded to it earlier, and I have to tell you, about a third of my guests right now, people from our background who work in this every day, yeah. are saying much of the same thing. There is what Art Bell used to call the quickening. Everything yeah. is speeding up. Things are rushing by. 
and we're like holding on just to keep up with the rapidity of change and the speed of life. I feel the same thing, and it's a real test because it's easy to lose your balance when such, you know, on one level, such horrible things are are obviously happening. But the test is you don't fall into the same, to use the quantum frequency, uh, quantum physics uh, terminology, the same frequency as the people who want terror and disaster. Because if you do, what flows through us helps give power to things we don't want. Exactly. And, and, and so, but it's not like you have to be oblivious to what's going on. And I think that's a common understandable mistake because you don't want to spread doom and gloom. And some people think the only way to avoid doing that is to not pay any attention to what's going on. And I think that makes you ineffective and you can get blindsided because you're not prepared for anything. But there is a way to balance the two with awareness of the details of the evil without absorbing the emotional frequency of it at all. There are some people, though, who benefit from um, prudent and uh, methodical judgment. And so they consider and then they reconsider and they go to the scripture and they go, okay, I know what to do now. And, and that's okay. But mm -hmm. with the quickening that's going on, these people could get caught in mid-decision and the events have passed them by before they even have a chance to make a decision on what they should be doing. And this is, I think, a strategy of the devil designed to leave out the people who contemplate as opposed to those who have Christ ingrained in their system and can automatically react. I mean, it's just a theory I have, but, but, but I'm seeing people respond to these crises in a very laborious and late manner. And I think it's a strategy of evil to get people past their contemplative judgments about how to invoke Christ. I really agree with you. And I think that if you remember, if you're going only by what's written, you can have opposing views of any given clause in the Bible and any line and argue indefinitely about who's right while the real life situation goes by. And I think there's something to develop called direct perception. And that is, you know, letting spirit show you in the immediate present what to do. And you, you get to the point where if you look at some or po two possible responses that you might have to a situation and you develop the ability to feel what each the outcome of each would be like, and it takes almost no time. And it's the only thing that really keeps up with the demands. Because if you have to stop the movie and go study and de decide what's the right interpretation of some written page, um, it's not as direct and also different circumstances really call for individualized responses. Interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting. And it's kind of like any other skill, though. And I think... Uh, being able to apply the Word of God uh, happens through experience, so it really becomes an acquired skill as well. Mm -hmm. And and if we spend too much time analyzing, uh, to use an athletic analogy, the play is already over before you've made a decision on how, what you're going to do. Yeah, we don't really have time for a normal acquisition of you know guidance. It has to get to where it's flowing through all the time. Exactly, and and with any skill, you know, like well, sports psychologists talk about being in the flow. 
where you mm -hmm. just perform a skill at a high level, but you're not thinking, you're just reacting. And and I think yeah. there's a lot to be said for the time we're living in right now. This is why people need to spend time in the Word and make their Christian responses more automatic because it's already ingrained in them. Yeah, because it, it takes over your life, actually, in, in the ideal situation, because we have a choice in dealing with everything. Am I going to figure it out from my ego self, as I've done millions of times and experienced the result, or am I going to let actually the living reality that's behind the words flow through me and take over? And I think the results of that are a lot better. They really are. But I'm also left wondering, too, how much the Lord wants us to actively resist versus mm -hmm. passively resist. Yeah, that's that's an example of what I was trying to allude to in, in that different situations require different responses, even though what's written is still the same. It, you have to adapt it to the situation without being out of harmony with what's wanted. And in, in the, some situations, I think, you know, self-defense or defense of others in situations that you might be in are called for, and they're not passive, but they're appropriate in the situation, whereas going out preemptively and doing something that's going to lead to chaos might be out of harmony with what's wanted, and you don't have time to analyze exactly wh which line you find that in. You've got to know, and I think it's possible to get to that point. Exactly. I, I think um, it becomes reactionary, but I just, like I said, I'm still stuck in betwixt and between about how we should deal with what's coming. Um, let, let's 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 start here. Romans 13. Render under Caesar what is Caesar, right. and I guarantee you that with the impositions of all the unconstitutional things coming our way, we're mm -hmm. going to hear people on the left invoke that saying is a way to make us bow down to the leader because they say so in the Bible. And I think it's a exactly. misinterpretation of the Bible. So if we're not going to follow Romans 13, then what do we need to be doing? When they say to us, give up your guns, your last line of defense, Right. what should a Christian do? Again, the situation, you know, if, if they're going to do something unacceptable, kill one of your children or something, unless you hand them a gun, there might be a situation where you hand them the gun and save the life of your child strategically in order to do something else while you're still alive. In another situation, um, it might be a question of resistance becoming necessary. Mm -hmm. So I, I think you've got to, this is what I'm talking about, of becoming and staying conscious. You know, if you're just going by memorized lines with no adaptation to what is really around you, I think that there are mistakes that are going to come up. And I think it's really possible if you invite, you know, we talk about prayer and things a lot. If prayer, like everything else, it can be interpreted so many ways. It can be reading over and over again a certain prayer on a page, or it can be relating to God or spirit very directly and saying, God, this is what I'm experiencing right now. You know, please show me what you want me to do. And I think that that can happen. And it can happen to the point where you start saying, wow, this is actually real. It's not just something I memorized. And it can take care of things moment to moment. 
So if we're not sure what to do in a certain situation, and maybe there's conflicting messages that seem to be coming from different things that are written, I would just go directly to God and ask, yeah. ask to be shown and helped. And I probably wouldn't stop doing that. And once I realized that that's the only way that my own mistakes are not going to mess things up, I would start subliminally at least asking for that all the time and, and getting to the point where that, that's my life. That's true. The strategy of the other side, though, seems to be based on the fact that they don't want to allow any community of sharing. The That's lockdowns, true. for example, the deplatforming. So I can't tell you, Richard, how I feel. And if I say, hey, the election was stolen or the pandemic is greatly exaggerated, it's not a pandemic at all, it mm -hmm. only affects certain people, they don't want that echo chamber. They don't want the chorus to grow. They want right. to keep these views isolated so we can't organize. Yeah, that's um, true. How does that affect the power of prayer and our oppositional resistance? Can you address that a little bit about our, us being separated from one another? Yeah, strategically you can see why they want to do that because if we support each other in person, everybody feels stronger and it's really it's really useful and it encourages everybody to become braver and trust themselves and their guidance more. If they're all isolated, they start having doubts and fear. But what we're talking about of learning to let that guidance and power be with you all the time, even if you have no access to a book or another person, even if you're in solitary confinement, um, that guiding power and presence is really all, all over. I mean, they can't isolate you from that unless they shut down your openness to receiving it. So I'd say whatever they do, you know, and obviously right now with the censorship really ramping up and the social isolation and all the things that are part of the agenda, we need to be using the time to develop that direct contact to God that would be right with you even if you can't ever find a book or another person. And this is a good practice time for that. Yeah, how do you view mass entering into this equation that we're talking about? Well, they have a lot of advantages from the negative point of view. I mean, first of all, they cut down your oxygen content of your the air you breathe in, and they raise the CO2 content, which is supposed to be oxygen, so they help make you sick. They spread bacterial diseases and bacterial pneumonia during the 1918 so-called flu epidemic. Uh, a lot of that damage was caused by masks at that time. They also cut down the appearance of individuals so that everybody starts looking the same. And they interfere with communication because they cover your mouth. And they're also a sign of submission. Uh, so they have a lot of advantages from the negative point of view. They don't. Uh, they don't interrupt viral transmission at all because, and I'm, I've been a health scientist for more than 50 years, so know what I'm talking about with this stuff. And it, the whole germ theory has been completely misinterpreted on purpose. And in this particular instance, the uh, people who, who know about this, like Dr. Blaylock and others, have, have likened the mask to a chain link fence trying to stop mosquitoes. Yes. So. It's not effective in preventing disease. In fact, it hurts your immune system because of the oxygen effect. And it, it's a sign 
that you're willing to go along with nonsense orders. So that gets you ready to accept a, a vaccine that will kill a lot of people. That is such a good point. That's such a salient point here that it gets us to give up our individual decision-making power. And let me just share with you, my wife and I were in a restaurant yesterday for lunch and there was a sign in there about the, the face mask and it said uh, something to the effect that uh, we're following all Arizona State Health Department recommended guidelines. Yeah. They didn't, and it was like it was printed from the state. They didn't say required guidelines. They said yeah, recommended right. guidelines. And I'll go back and just say that when our governor, who's a disaster, and he's been censored by his own party now, officially, right. the Republican Party, but he, right. he came out and he said, uh, we're, we're asking people to wear face masks, but if you have asthma, diabetes, heart disease, well, you don't have to do that. And you don't have to tell anybody why because of HIPAA. That was written yeah. in. So why are these businesses being like little Gestapo troops, you know, enforcing recommended guidelines to the detriment of the health of their people? Right. Even a, even a so-called required guideline is not really required by law. So what they're doing is they're straddling two sides of the same issue. One is to say because basically of ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, that they have to leave the exemptions in for health conditions. Otherwise, they could be legally responsible for killing people, and they don't want to be caught for that. So there are these exemptions, as far as I know, in all the, the, uh, the well, it's not legislation, all the orders that I've read that require masks have that same exemption. But at the same time as covering that base, they are using intimidation and suggestion and psychology to say that you know, and they're telling the police, which is a big factor, that really, if you don't enforce this and you don't kind of pressure people to do it, you're going to be responsible for spreading a terrible pandemic and killing everybody. The same pandemic that uh, Joe Biden said had already killed 200 million Americans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're and you're supposed to spread fear. So the businesses are afraid of the retribution from government that follows non-laws that might suit you know find them into oblivion or shut them down even though it's not a law yeah exactly like uh, there's where we my son and i work out um the health department came in and they said you're not enforcing the face mask rule rigorously enough and one lady was said to the health department official i have asthma i have an exception from the governor i don't give a damn about your exception you can work out in the parking lot Exactly. That's and exactly what she was told. It's because they're highly educated by our fraudulent educational system. And at the level where they teach public health, it's complete, you know, fear of germs. They can make anybody sick for no reason. And uh, whatever the policies are set by CDC, which is a completely criminal organization, whatever policies they set, which don't have to be laws, everybody else follows them or else they get punished. And as long as that stays believable to people that don't have the consciousness of what's going on, it's going to be increased more and more, I would suspect. So what should a business do? Should they say, no, the governor has exceptions and we're going to follow those exceptions as per his dictate, not your dictate. The governor is your boss. 
should they do that? And then when the health department comes back and issues a cease and desist for business operations, what, what can people do? This goes along with your question whether people that are trying to be in line with God or their religion or the Bible or anything, what should they do in a situation? Should they lie down and accept it from Caesar or should they resist it? And if, if they should resist it, how? And I think it's a really critical question because if you're one of those businesses, you don't want to really have your life destroyed by your business being shut down. Even if there's no legal basis, it's still shut down. So the problem is that we're at a point where cooperating is suicidal as well. And so you're, it's between the rock and the hard place, right? And there, there are some people, uh, for example, if I can mention it on your show, um, great lady in California that you may have heard of named Peggy Hall. Yes. Uh, the healthy American dot org, I believe. And, um, she is specifically running classes for businesses about that question. All businesses should know about it. And what she's trying to do in my understanding, and I've had her on my show multiple times, um, is get businesses to get together and support each other. So that if they're all threatened with, well, cooperate and be destroyed or don't cooperate and be destroyed, and those are your choices. If they all get together and say, this is not a law, um, they have a chance to get through this thing and not be destroyed. And I think that's still possible. So like a universal civil disobedience. Yeah, it's the same thing that uh, David Icke and a lot of people have talked about. Civil disobedience and noncompliance work if large numbers of people all do it at the same time. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's just, it's just difficult if you're the only one. No, I, I totally agree. Um, what about face masks in the Bible? Any, anything we can gather from the Bible about what we're told in these situations? Well, Peggy and others have mentioned that she has her religion, which she's Christian also, uh, says that breathing is sacred. I'm not sure if there's a specific line that says that, but it, it's like breath it comes to us as a gift from God and nature, and to have that cut off is against her religious belief. Um, I, I've read the Bible through all the way a couple of times, and I don't remember a specific line that could be said to talk about face masks, but covering your face, um, I just think it's a sign of, and it's meant to be a sign of shame. And kids that are growing up in environments where all the adults are wearing masks, I've seen them starting to react with fear to seeing an adult with a face. And I, I think that's definitely going against at least the intent of the whole spiritual focus is that humans are created in beauty, not shame. And that the face is not something ugly or dirty. And the dark side is trying to teach us that it is. So it really, in, in that sense, it is a spiritual issue. Yeah, I think it is too, um, very much so. And 93% uh, of our communication comes from body language. And right. A good portion of that comes from interpretation of the seven basic facial expressions, and when you're covering the half of the face, you lose that. Yeah, and kids are really learning that the face is dirty, and they're learning that other humans are dirty too because it might kill you if you get too close to them. 
Is this robbing kids of empathy? Yeah, absolutely. It's substituting fear for it, and you can see it working. That's why I'm talking about consciousness is the issue, because if you don't have to wait and look up, there's got to be an exact line that says you can't wear face masks. If you just know that this is ridiculous and harmful, and in line with one of the tenets of the dark cabal, which is that we want to get humans, our victims, to destroy themselves so that we don't have to do it. And that's exactly where they're going. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So speaking of where they're going, have you had a chance, I'm sure you have, to absorb some of what uh, Biden and his appointees are saying, what we're going to be doing, and uh, some of his uh, newest policies he signed into executive order? So much for worrying about the Congress. But anyway, uh, what, what's your general takeaway of where we're headed with this administration? Well, Biden's a low-level servant of the actual rulers, in my opinion, and I've been looking into this power structure that is really behind this for decades, and I think that Biden has just learned over a long part of his life that if you go along with higher-level criminals, you get rewarded, and he's just continuing that. He He's at the point of... Uh, not really having great cognition of what he's doing and I think he's just told step by step how to do it and what's go what's going on is the destruct at least intended I'm not saying it has to succeed but the intent is destruction of sovereign nations and especially ones where there's any memory of individual freedom and so that's why they want unlimited illegal immigration for example and they want to take away all individual freedoms. They want to get a, rid of firearms and self-defense rights. Uh, freedom of speech is largely compromised already. And it's going toward a global system of total control, but that's not the end of it. And what I've put together at this point is that this is not apart from their counterpart of a spiritual view too, because I see this as a ceremonial sacrifice and of all life on earth, not just humans and not just population reduction. And if they do it quickly, which the technology does exist to do that now, they'd kill us all overnight and they're not doing that, which is what buys us time. And the reason they can't is that to do a ceremonial sacrifice correctly and supposedly get your reward for that, making God really happy, you have to do each detail correctly. You have to give the right notices, you have to pass certain milestones. You have to convince your victim that you know they want to destroy themselves. You have to do all these things, and I think Biden is just one of the low-level servants being made to play a part in, in what that really is. Yeah, well, I, I do agree about the low-level servant, and especially with his limited cognitive abilities. Yeah. Um, in, in that regard, what uh, do you see as Harris's role right now? I suspect that her role is to get ready to be president. And um, why would she be preferable to Biden? Because I, I see this as a Biden to attract the traditional Democrats because Harris was hated during the primaries and Harris to be ushered in. What is it about Harris that's more appealing to this uh, ruling cabal behind the scenes? Well, women are better than men. We know that. 
And we know that women with darker skin are better than women with lighter skin, and she's got both of those advantages. I must have been absent that day in school. Yeah, well, you can still catch up, and just watch television whenever you want to do that. Okay. But um, I think she has those advantages, and, and the people who are devoted to the party politics that they're following, they'll forget about the unpopularity of the primaries immediately. Mm-hmm. And I think that they'll just repeat these reasons that she is better. And also, if if Biden is finished with his role and she's put in as president, she could get somebody great in as vice president like Hillary Clinton. And uh, Biden can't do that by himself right now. Interesting. I hadn't thought that Hillary would be desired to make that comeback. There, there, I know there's an internal war inside the Democratic Party, and, and let, let me just briefly explain. Sure. In the 60 Minutes interview that Leslie Stahl did with Nancy Pelosi, she let Pelosi run all over Trump with false accusations, false assumptions for 10 minutes. And mm-hmm. then the tone dramatically shifted. Stahl went from being uh, an ally to an adversary. And she said, well, you're an obstructionist, Nancy. That's why the stimulus bill didn't get through. And oh, by the way, you're 80. Your number two is 81, and your number three is 80. Why aren't you training the younger members of your party? And Ocasio-Cortez came up in really notable fashion. And we know that the younger progressive wing of the Democrats is liberal beyond liberal reason. I mean, they don't want you to own anything. They want you to have no rights. They'd stamp out Jesus uh, from any kind of discussion, uh, any kind of gathering. and that's the next struggle in the Democratic Party, and it looked like CBS is on board with that movement. Um, a, a, now, back to what you were saying with a vice president choice. Yeah. Hillary would be considered to be more of a centrist in this paradigm, and I don't know that that would be acceptable to the powers that be based on what I saw in that interview. No, I think AOC would be a great choice, too. And I'm not saying that it would be Hillary Clinton. I was just using that as an example that there'd be an opening to fill. Mm -hmm. And one of those young, extreme, you know, unfortunately, they use the word liberal. It's not liberal at all. But, you know, the communists, basically, um, any of those could be chosen. And she could choose a young one very easily. Then you'd have Harris, who's not that old, as well as somebody even younger than her. It would be great. Yeah. Now, I don't see Harris as being quite the wild-eyed radical as the squad, but Harris is without moral base, without any substance to her personality. There's no cohesive core to her. She is what she needs to be at the time she needs to be. And I think that would make her moldable to doing the bidding of uh, her her puppeteers, I would say. But I do agree with you. Ocasio-Cortez, a member of the squad, would be their ideal... Because it looks like if CBS sent a real clear message in that interview to me, we like the extreme progressives at your party. Mm-hmm. And by the way, do you know how those got started? How, how what the got started? Extreme sorry. progressivism came into the Democratic Party. How? It was Bernie Sanders' uh, two ex-campaign guys. They formed something called the Social Justice Democrats. And I actually went and I spent a lot of time researching this a couple of years ago when Ocasio-Cortez emerged on the scene, actually four years ago. And what I found was, well, she was doing wet t-shirt contests, and I'm not trying to be uh, grotesque here, I'm being honest. She was a woman without a moral base, and 
She was intelligent, but really kind of a moral empty vessel. And they found her and they tried her out for Congresswoman. They tried out all these social progressive Democrats I for Congress that. and they ran them in the primaries against more centrist Democrats and won. And now they're running them against Republicans and they won 93% of their elections here in November. And this is the direction that the Democratic Party is going intentionally, and Bernie Sanders' people are behind it. Yeah, I, I remember, now that you mention it, all of that. And But to be fair to AOC, uh, besides, she doesn't just have the contest background that you mentioned. She's also been a, a very successful bartender. And we have, <laughs> yeah. have to make sure and add that in. That's a good prerequisite for being in Congress. Yeah, and the other thing is that all these people who are successfully elected one of the things that we've been shown as a clue in this presidential election that we just had is that this may explain why a lot of people of questionable qualifications have gotten elected to all kinds of offices. It's not necessarily that the people voted for them in the numbers that we're told. Yes, exactly. There are no valid elections any longer. Yeah, this one, the system that that destroyed the presidential election is still in place. Yes. And as long as that happens, the sa they can use the same mechanism for getting people in line with the negative agenda in all kinds of power positions. Yeah, this isn't a matter of rallying the troops and making sure we have overwhelming numbers to win back seats in, a, in the office of the president. That was successfully done by the Republicans in the 2020 election, but they didn't overcome yeah. the voter fraud. And it's not just that the election was stolen, the election process has been stolen. Yeah, that's more significant. So the the usual way of winning elections is probably not accessible in most cases anymore. So what's a good Christian to do? <laughs> and it always comes back to that question. Huh? In all yeah, it these does, it does, doesn't it? Because, you know, honestly, in the past, when nations have their voices thwarted, they pick up the guns and you have a revolution. Yeah, and it would be nice not to have to have that happen. I agree. And I think the first thing is no system, even a constitutional republic or a fair voting system or anything, is going to work with unconscious voters. And so the first thing that has to happen is people have to become shaken out of their zombie trance. You know, our subconscious programming that we have to fight with each other all day and the main thing is to prove who's better and smarter than everybody else and that the other people are idiots. And, you know, that's not in line with the principle of loving your neighbor. And I think that that's another dilemma that you could talk about in terms of the, the spiritual question because people look at that and they say, well, yeah, you are supposed to do it, but these people are terrible and I Honestly, I don't love them very much. And I think that they're talking about a different kind of love when they say love your enemies. And that means it's more of a proactive gift, like you really wish them well, no matter what you physically have to get forced into with them. You're not out there hating anybody. And on the, on the quantum physics level and beyond, it's not just cell towers that radiate invisible frequencies that are real. It's also human beings, and those are very powerful, and I think for the most part, 
in the current age civilization and people are not conscious of what they're putting out and how incredibly powerful that could be. I'd like to see that awareness come back. Um, the question is, it comes down to this, how do you do it? I've been working on that for quite a few years, actually, and, and I'm convinced at this point that there's enough evidence that that can be done on any scale but I've only seen it done on a small scale to the point where somebody that makes their own focus coherent in the sense, and this is not crazy stuff. I mean, everybody's doing something with their mental focus all the time, even if they don't know about it or believe in it. It's a question of what are you putting out? And experiments have been done following the quantum physics avenue a little further that say that the intent and the the emotional quality behind the thoughts is what gives them power and they can influence even so what we've called inanimate objects in the past that is really a misnomer and it can certainly influence other people and I've personally seen some experiments where really nasty people have had a complete change of heart without even talking to them and I think this is pretty important for what it implies. Is the changing of hearts contagious? It's very contagious, but we're like repeater stations, and we don't work in that capacity with our usual scattered focus. And this mm -hmm. is totally in line with letting God run your life, because the source of the coherent frequency that radiates out of you is straight from spirit. It's not somebody's crazy idea. And one of the deficiencies that we've got is that we've been trained for thousands of years that anything that we don't already know about must be bad and that really keeps you from learning a lot it also allows fear to be used against you too absolutely that's been the number one tool i mean i, I turn on the news and this is classic the first news item of the day on any of the local news Today, mm -hmm. there's this many corona new virus cases and this many people have exactly. died. And you never hear the word comorbidity. You never hear the word incentivizing for false diagnosis by paying $13,000 for COVID diagnosis. You don't hear any of this. You just hear these massive numbers thrown at you. And the onslaught is, oh my goodness, it's terrible, it's awful. We must better do what we say and wear face masks inside our house and while we're having exactly. sex. You've uh, heard the yeah. BBC said we should wear face masks while having sex. Absolutely, and only the bad people wear only one face mask. You're really supposed to use about three of them. But um, there's a couple of principles that come into play there. One is that people have been trained since birth to trust authority. And the people on television that say this stuff, and especially the health agencies I mean that's like a major religion worldwide and you must believe it or you're evil and if the authorities say something is true it's just you're a heretic if you question it and so in a way there's a false religion that's that's got hold of almost everybody and breaking free of that's got to be one of the early steps or you can't go very far that's just amazing what do you do in your regular life well, I don't have a very regular life for, by most people's definition, but... For your I, regular life. 
Yeah, my regular life at this point, um, I'm, you know, I've been through what most people would call a regular life up to about 2008 or 2010, and then it it really changed. I, I was, you know, a lot of things that look like they're really terrible actually turn out to be gifts, and you don't like to consider that that could be the case when you're in the middle of the hard part, but later on it turns out sometimes they're the very fastest learning curves or when things are really difficult on the outside and I went through a complete crash of my physical life in 2008 and after that um, I a lot of memory started coming back to me a lot of spiritual connection and I realized I'm here for one reason and that is to learn my lessons as a means to try to make some kind of a decent contribution to the world here before I leave. And mm-hmm. that, that's, that's, that's it. That's the focus for me. So what I'm trying to put together, since I said I had a long background as a health scientist going back to the mid-60s, and that started in the same way when I was in really very bad physical condition and I had to either let the medical system kill me which it was doing with very good intention of the doctors or dump the whole thing and find out what was really going on with health and disease and apply it and that's what I did and I haven't had anything to do with the medical system since but so now what I'm trying to combine with the work that I do is an understanding what what's the real capability of the physical body that we've been given as a vehicle to live during the time that we're here. What could it really do? Because it's given to us straight by God through nature. And I'm sure we have barely any concept of what its forgotten normal state really is. I want that back. So I'm very involved in the experimental research to find out what that is, what is aging, Mm -hmm. how much of it is unnecessary, how much of it comes from mistakes we don't know we're making. And combined with that, this venturing into what people might relate to as the quantum physics, but really it's consciousness. Yeah, I agree. And listen, we're kindred spirits. I know. And I'm going to have to have you, we're almost out of time, but we're we're going to have to have you back to talk about this. This is, uh, and this is from God too. The the more that I look at physics, the reason that three-dimensional physics became the norm and we were shut out from quantum physics was yes. to keep us from understanding our own divine power. Yeah, and we can start that anytime. Oh, and, we and got I, it. We, yeah, we I got it. I want to mention one real quick thing. Okay. Uh, this consciousness idea that we mentioned, uh, looking at all the options, because my interest is in, as long as we have to be in the physical world far away from our real home for the moment, there's no reason in, that I can think of that makes any sense that it has to be hell on earth here. I think it could be the opposite. I agree. There's in the reason that is so horrible, the suffering here is because you have to watch beauty being corrupted and destroyed over and over and over again. If it was all ugly, it would be much easier. So my thought is that we are walking around with the potential keys to turn this around on a visible physical level. I agree. And as soon as and we're Richard, willing we're, to get we're, back in touch I'm sorry, with but we're flat out of time. Oh, that's fine. We're, we're up against the hard break, but listen, we're going to have you back to talk about this very thing. This It'll has be been fun. very informative. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'll be in touch to reschedule. Thanks. Pleasure to see you. Bye. Thanks. Bye.